Welcome, and thanks for listening to the new voices of SUD Let's Grow Together, a pilot podcast brought to you by the Southeast Addiction Technology Transfer Center Network, better known as SATTC, a leading project under the Division of Substance Use Prevention and Treatment in the National Center for Primary Care here at the Historical School of Morehouse School of Medicine, where we discuss topics on substance use resources and research, challenges in the addiction workforce, workforce development for the young professional, the millennial, services and support for minority women, treatment for vulnerable populations such as the homeless, migrant, and incarcerated, faith community strategies, and the evolution of SUD. Welcome and stay tuned. Hey guys, it's a great Friday here at SATTC, and we have the pleasure of introducing you to our episode seven, Back to the Basics, where we have the pleasure of speaking with Devin Dotery of Right Relief Health, where she serves as the clinical coordinator in Athens, Georgia, where they serve um, in diagnosing and treatment of substance use disorders, Medicaid-assisted treatment, including suboxone therapies, alcohol treatment, evaluation for outpatient, in-office alcohol detoxification, and definitive treatment. They also help with smoking sensation and also opiate abuse treatment, among a a number of different um, other things as well. So we want to welcome her and welcome you to another episode. And thank you, as always, for tuning in, staying engaged, and um, always um, waiting for our next episode. So stay tuned and keep listening. All right, guys, and welcome on this Good Friday. And we have the pleasure on our episode seven to introduce from right Relief Health, uh, Devin Doherty, and we are welcoming her alongside with her father as we are familiar with her father through SATTC and the Opioid Response Network, but we had a pleasure of introducing her and the work that she does. So welcome, Devin, and thank you for joining us. Hi, thanks, Jolene, and I'm honored to be a part of the podcast today. So I appreciate you for inviting me. My pleasure. It's a pleasure to be here. No problem, no problem. So um, I got to know you a little, um, you a little bit better through the work that you do with your father. And so I wanted you to come on and give us a little bit about the basics. Um, you are, you all there do treatment, um, direct care services with um, people in the Athens, Georgia area. And so I wanted today to be a day to go back to the basics. And that's what the actual podcast is called today. And understand language, um, acronyms, definitions of words that health professionals such as you and I use every day but maybe so much community is not so much um, familiar with. Uh, But first, of course, I always want to welcome you to our podcast and go ahead and tell us a little bit about yourself. And I know you have a cool position as being um, a relative. (laughs) Um, So I know you probably have your hands in um, a bunch of different things at Right Relief. Um, But tell us your day-to-day as a clinical coordinator and um, what that entails. Yeah. Well, I guess, well, I'll start off by saying um, that things, well, they definitely work, the world definitely works in mysterious ways. Um, well, I graduated from Georgia in um, 
December of 2011. So of course, I have to say, go dogs. Um, I didn't. <laughs> I didn't necessarily think that I was going to end up back in Athens, but we moved our office um, to Athens about almost three years ago, and that's when we decided to focus mainly on substance use disorders via what is called um, medication-assisted treatment. And so, um, like you said, back to basics. Um, I don't know if you want me to go into that yet or wait just a second. Well, tell um, us a little bit um, about what you do in your role um, now that yeah. life didn't take a yeah. break. I know sometimes we have degrees and things that we're not actually currently using, but I think those skills yeah. do a lot of good um, in the work that you do at Right Relief and a little bit about kind of, you know, your patient, um, you know, base and your community that you all serve in Athens. Yeah. Um, well, again, the in terms of how the world works in mysterious ways, um, I was pre-nursing at Georgia, and then I decided that, well, I wasn't sure I what, that I, well, I wasn't sure what I wanted to do. So um, I changed my mind, and I got a degree in public relations, and my minor is in sociology. And of course, I don't regret any of that because um, I love everything that has to do with PR, and it's actually helped everything that I do at Right Relief um, today. And it's all of my skills in terms of what I do today. I've in public relations and in, you know, being a healthcare professional have been integral. So on a day-to-day basis, um, not only do I, you know, interact with patients, um, even in terms of, you know, not only just greeting them, but even things such as doing pre-treatment screenings, um, just to see if they are a fit for, um, you know, if, if we can serve their needs, if we're a good fit for them, um, if we can provide the care that they need in terms of, substance use treatment and everything, but also um, I am able, in terms of my public relations background, I am able to do our Facebook and um, our Twitter and our Google, so it also helps um, because when we first moved out to Athens, uh, (laughs) my dad, who is probably one of the most tech-savvy people ever, one of his first questions in terms of, uh, quote, advertising, I guess, was about the yellow pages. And I had to tell him that, yeah, no, we're not, we're not going to do the yellow pages. Um, <laughs> that we're going we're gonna to do things a different way. So, so, yeah, I mean, everything works out. And, I mean, even if you have a degree in one thing, it just, tells you right there, I mean, you are capable of doing anything, no matter how old you are, how young you are, and don't ever limit yourself, ever. Right. And I think it's cool that that kind of background in um, PR, journalism, um, the kind of communication space, I mean, think this is still a business. And while it's a business, it's also um, a 
you know, a people health services type relationship. And so with social services, there needs to be just as much communication and advertisement, advertisement, excuse me. Um, and, you know, those those sorts of things to be pushed out to the community to let people know that your services are there. I think that um, with SATTC and the Opioid Response Network, we always are having to push awareness in some sort of way. So someone like yourself will be awesome on our team. Not trying to take you away from Right Relief, but um, I think hey, I'd love to help out. <laughs> I'd love to, you know, I'm here for you. <laughs> yeah, so those services are always needed on any team. Um, and it's cool that um, you were able to lend that kind of hand. Um, so cool. Thanks. I appreciate that introduction. And so we will jump right in. I think that it is important for this conversation to be had about the power of language and also, you know, yeah, what definitely. addiction means and those stigmatizing words. Um, and so um, I know you, you let me know that the definition of addiction had been recently updated. So why don't you kind of give us the definition that Right Relief and the rest of your community uses um, as far as the definition of disease and addiction? Yeah, well, I mean, I think one of the most important things for, you know, people to realize is that, I mean, addiction is something that is a disease. I mean, it's, this is where, you know, for, for once, I mean, we kind of like, we have to let science kind of take command um, because for individuals, it, it's not a, this isn't a moral, this isn't a character fall. This is not right. a... Right. It's not anything about an addictive personality. This is not something about willpower. Um, and so I think that, it, first of all, that's one of the most important things to be said because, I, you know, I think that when you see individuals come in, um, and I'm sorry, I will answer your question, but I just no, wanted to put think, out there that, I think that's great. you know, I, I, I just... I think that the most, it's it's just important for people to know that they should have hope and that it it is a disease. So it's really interesting though, because the, if you look, if you compare the basic definition of a disease and then the, well, ASAM, which is the American Society of Addiction Medicine, their definition of a disease, it's essentially the same thing. Um, but ASAM, again, the American Society of Addiction Medicine, I tend to a, a lot of times use acronyms and then um, I, I forget. Yes, I need to actually Explain. say what that acronym means. Yes. <laughs> but their updated definition says that addiction is a treatable chronic medical disease involving complex interactions among brain circuits, genetics, the environment, and an individual's life experiences. People with addiction use substances or engage in behaviors that become compulsive and often continue despite harmful consequences. Prevention efforts and treatment approaches for addiction are generally as successful as other for other chronic diseases. So, I mean, I think the, it's huge to take away 
from this right here that, I mean, finally, if we approach this disease in the right way, I, I mean, we can treat this. If we put it on par and actually see, okay, maybe if we don't stigmatize these individuals and we get more people to treat and don't make people feel so, you know, up, up on the left field and like they're so strange, but that they actually have a disease that's the same on par with diabetes or heart disease or anything else that mm-hmm. yep. just as it says, it's the same as any other chronic disease. So why shouldn't these individuals, I, they're the same as any other people. And, you know, sometimes people ask me, you know, have you, have you ever been through this? And while I haven't, I mean, I guess it's just, I have so much passion because working in this field and, um, I guess just seeing, I guess seeing the injustices and I guess with the, you know, they call boots on the ground and and everything. It just, it makes you have a new frame of view. And also when you talk about the power of language, that's why instead of using the word addict, we use a person with a substance use disorder because you really have to change the frame. (laughs) Right. Right. And I think it's, um, I think it's awesome. I know that, um, might've saw this on your website or um, on something you've sent me, but it's awesome that at Right Relief, you guys just believe that, um, and commend people for taking that first step and just being brave enough to call. I mean, there's all types of ways to get into the door of continuum of care or into recovery or just some sort of way to, um, you know, seek help, advise, advise, bit counseling and something, um, as long as you're being touched in some way. And I think even for a lot of different types of issues, I come from a women's health background and, um, in that background, Mm -hmm. you know, people will come in with sexually transmitted diseases, um, fetal termination, a lot of those hard hitting topics Mm -hmm. like addiction. Um, and you know, they will feel that shame and that guilt. And I think it's important that language is always, especially when it comes to you're treating this just like you would. Um, if somebody came into the ER with a heart attack, you would have them seen right exactly. away. You wouldn't screen them to make sure that they had not ate uh, cupcakes or something that caused a heart attack within 10 hours. So, you know, why do we treat people with, um, you know, persons with SUD um, in that in that manner? Um, you know, so. It's very interesting, um, you know, that that power of language, what it really means. And it really does shape a lot of, especially our community, um, you know, in Atlanta. It just shapes that, that, and I know it does in all over Georgia, um, in Athens as well. Um, and so that that's awesome. Um, so at Right Relief, you all uh, provide a service called Medication Assisted Treatment, correct? 
Yes, that is correct. And mm-hmm. that is um, MAT is what people call it. And so I want to get into MAT yeah. and what that means. I mean, we talk about that nonstop. And I don't think people, <laughs> people know you're just replacing a drug with one drug. You know, I just hear that a lot. Or, you know, like, are you really, you know, are you really recovered? You know, or just all kinds of kinds of myths. And, you know, we have some products with SATTC on myths versus reality. You know, MAT really does work. Um, and so I want you to just kind of expound upon what MAD is, what it entails, um, and what does it look like at Right Relief? Yeah, um, well, Matt, um, the technical, you know, definition is, well, Matt is basically using any FDA-approved agent um, in combination with counseling and behavioral therapies to provide a whole patient approach in terms of the treatment of substance use disorder. So this can be buprenorphine, naltrexone, and methadone. Um, Now, of course, at Right Relief, since we provide office-based treatment and we are not a methadone clinic, we don't, um, we do not, you know, dispense methadone because you have to, that's a whole different ball game. Um, Although uh, I, I will say that my dad, Dennis, Dr. Darty, but he does have all of his patients call him um, <laughs> Dennis. We are, again, we are very, um, we are very patient-centric um, in terms of, I don't know, trying to make people comfortable. I mean, I think that, again, when you're dealing with something so difficult and something that such a long time has been stigmatized again um, when you're, well, he's been like this for his whole <laughs> 30 plus years in practice, but still, um, it, 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 it helps for, you know, people to feel, and it is true, like they're on the same level with all of us. And that's, I think, how it should be everywhere, but I know that's each his own, um, but um, I will say that um, he did recently um, take a position um, as a as the medical director also at um, a methadone clinic, and so I have learned all sorts of you know new things. I have a new outlook on. Um, on methadone as well. And so I do have to kind of give a shout out to Robert uh, Dale Memorial in Commerce, Georgia, and all the wonderful people and the counselors out there. Um, just have to say that they are great. Um, have to include them. But, um, you know, because there's no one, one fits all kind of model. Um, right. I think that medication-assisted treatment in terms of office space um, with what we do, it's, we are not a, quote, Suboxone doctor or anything. I mean, it might be, for example, we might have people that come in on different opioids or heroin. They might have an alcohol use disorder. Um, so he might 
you know, induce him in office on Suboxone. He might find that Camprol or Camprosate, which is used um, for alcohol use disorders, mm-hmm. you know, that that's misfitting. And then there are other adjuncts, you know, which are agents that can go along, you know, such as clonidine, which I know is generally known as a blood pressure medicine, but is popularly, you know, prescribed, for example, along with these medicines. But no, you aren't substituting. And also, according to SAMHSA, as long as you are abstaining from your previous substance that you used to, I guess, I kind of hate the, I kind of hate the phrase, uh, <laughs> drug of abuse. But as long as you are abstaining from that drug of, or drug of choice, that's sorry, that's what I meant to say. But drug of choice, um, and you know, functioning to the best of your abilities, then you're in recovery. So, right, you know, and also, I mean, we see things. You know, if you have a slip and something happens. We also encourage people just, I mean, just talk to us. I mean, we, there's no, we don't see it as some reason to say, oh, okay, you're fired, you're gone. I mean, how is that going to, again, how is that going to encourage people to treat? How is that going to encourage people to keep coming? I mean, if they have one slip where they messed up and they are remorseful and they, you know, want to change and everything, and we talk about it. Right. You know, so pretty much, I mean, that's how we work. And, I mean, it just depends in terms of the acuity of care in regards to how often the person comes in, um, in regards to whether or not it's monthly or, I mean, of course, after they're induced in office, they come back sooner than that. Um, but I mean, yeah, it's, it's really cool. I mean, to see people and their lives completely change to see also women, women should know that they can treat when they are pregnant. I think that's a huge, huge thing that they often do not know. And there needs to be more education about that too. Um, because, you know, we've had tons of pregnant women that we've treated successfully, um, with no neonatal abstinence, you know, withdrawal or syndrome or anything. And so, I mean, it's an affordable treatment option instead of having to go to an inpatient, Mm -hmm facility, which a lot of people just can't afford. Right. So. right. Thanks, Devin. Those were some awesome points. Um, I think that everyone needs to hear what goes on day to day instead of what they hear and think and, um, you know, the whispers about what actually goes on in a um, facility such as the one that you and your father serve. And so I really appreciate kind of that inside look and um, to learn about some of the things that happen day to day and some of the patients you see. I think it's awesome that women are allowed to and are able to get um, service while they are pregnant. I think that's awesome. And that's a big, big myth that you're not able to receive MAT service 
phases while you're pregnant. So that is definitely something, a myth that we always want to debunk anywhere we speak. Um, I noticed that um, you wanted to mention about the um, ASAM webinar on Facebook and really mean mention to the point that there are a little over 40,000 physicians that are data wavered um, and able to prescribe buprenorphine, but that there's a shortage um, in being that there is more supply for, um, I'm sorry, more demand for than supply of physicians that are able to be data wavered and that we need more MAP providers. And that's one thing that PCSS does in tandem with the ORN. And PCSS is Providers clinical support system. And so they are really helpful with making sure that they are um, data wavering uh, professionals um, who aren't afraid to kind of serve in that role. Um, And, you know, they can come from many different walks as far as um, their background, Uh, physicians and physicians physicians, excuse me, and I think also other health professionals as well. Um, And so, you know, to just break down that anyone um, who is certified um, and licensed, they can prescribe if they're data waiver. Um, So I thank you for, um, you know, making and highlighting that point um, that um, it needed to be stated as well. Um, So I didn't want to hold you too much longer. I always tell my listeners and our guests, uh, we don't ever want to hold anybody too long um, because we do want to kind of just have a short, candid, organic conversation, but to really get those high points out there. So is there any other um, high points that you wanted to hit before we jet out of here for the weekend? I mean, I just, I want to say thank you for having me. Um, I want to let people know that, of course, Bright Relief Health is in Athens, Georgia, and if they want to go to www.brightreliefhealth.com, they, of course, can. We're accepting new patients, um, and that you should always have hope, always, always remember, you know, that even like we said before, the first, even making the first step and calling is such a step of bravery and one that, I mean, is something that we commend people for and the patients that, I mean, I feel honored that on a daily basis, I get to meet so many people and have patients that trust me to talk to me. And honestly, the encounters that I have with these people have enriched my life and changed my life for the better that, I mean, I wouldn't change it for anything else in the world. So Thanks again for having me, Selena. I mean, I genuinely appreciate it. And um, hey, if you if you do need any help over there at, you know, ATTC, I'm always available. All right. Well, you heard it here first, so we'll hold you to it. <laughs> um, but I really do appreciate it. Right. I really do appreciate you taking the time to um, make light um, of the importance of breaking down barriers when it comes to language and also, um, you know, false definitions of um, substance use um, terms and acronyms that are always used. Um, I definitely, um, you know, just appreciate that um, you do see that it's very impactful to change um, language because language does have power. 
power um, that hits pretty heavy when used the wrong way. So thank you so, so much for this opportunity. And tell your dad I said hello. And we will look forward to seeing you, I will. With you and working with you back on the ORN side. And you take care, okay? Yes, you too. Thanks so much, Queen. Bye. Right, bye-bye. Thanks for joining us and be sure to check us out on the web at attcnetwork.org forward slash centers forward slash southeast hyphen attc forward slash home. We'll see you soon.